fights Saturday night. Well, I don't want to get too crazy. I know how uncomfortable Raph can be with those types of statements. But it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, the talented Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? Hello. Do you really get self-conscious about that? Just a little. Just like So am I already in your head right now? You just always seem to shit on the intro. And that's uh, It's not that's hard. It's because it's a fairly easy thing to do. Sure. Hey, how many times over under do you think I've watched the Metamorris trailer already? So curious. Is nine hundred an answer? Nine hundred would not be a terrible answer. I'm it's over ten. It's okay. Absolutely over ten. I love the fight card. I love that we're finally going to get to see Keenan on a card. It's great. Yes, I think it's a it's a really cool fight card. It's uh, at a smaller venue here in Los Angeles. Uh, they're going kind of more exclusive. The tickets were a little bit higher priced, and uh, the venue's a little bit smaller. But it, it sounds really interesting. It's like I think the big focus this time is going to be on the live stream. Well. I will be one of the many probably purchasing purchasing it for 50% off right now. (laughs) It's all sold out. Raph, I'm super jealous because speaking of Metamorphs 3, you had the chance to talk to Radek Gracie. How was Halleck? Halleck was great. He was at uh, Reservation Fighting Alliance 12, which we went to go cover this week. We actually have a couple of those interviews up. And you can catch my interview with Halleck on our Verbal Tap YouTube page. Um... He had some interesting things to talk about, as he always does, but he gave us a little bit of an idea of where Metamorphs is, is going and uh, I guess kind of the struggles they were going through. He basically told me uh, he was very proud of the fact that it did sell out in five hours and seemed to be a little more relaxed than I've seen him be in a bit and with good reason to because that's a big event. Yeah, and you you were there for obviously years of winning – seconds after yes. i got to see both interviews both interviews are good and they're up <laughs> how difficult is it on a scale of one to 90 to interview someone while there is just crazy screaming going on in the background at a fight like this at a venue as a professional kevin it's not terribly difficult oh, god um unfortunately i'm not a professional so oh that's right there is a little bit of a, a want to watch the fight i felt bad because uh, Dimitri actually wanted to do the interview as the main card bout was going on. And this was a five-round war uh, yeah. between Brian Ortega and uh, Keone Koch. And let me tell you something about this war. Brian Ortega had 9,000 submissions he was going for <laughs> and literally locked in some of the meanest-looking triangles – uh, rear naked choke back takes, like just everything you can name in the book. At one point I saw an arm bar and I was like, this fight is over. It's still going. <laughs> and at one point the audience thought they saw Keone tap out and they were convinced. And I had people in front of me hugging each other for Brian and being like, yay. And I just kind of point to them and I go, uh, the fight's still going. And they're like, why did he tap that? No. So, all of that is happening as I'm talking to Dimitri. And, of course, uh, as some of you know, Dimitri uh, Gigapet, who was on our <laughs> podcast about, <laughs> I think, a week ago now? 
Yeah, who can remember? Like uh, feels like just yesterday. I mean, the most important thing about Dimitri uh, Garismatic is that he, he has terrifying really, facial like hair. A, he does. And he's a fighter that just – he really exemplifies the name Dmitry Giros' father. Uh, it's, it's such good. Gizmo? I like that – you know what cracked me up is that he uh, won by submission. <laughs> like they, we had talked <laughs> to both of them about their ground game up. and they seemed unenthused. And then it's uh, – when he – you sent me a photo of him practicing a submission, and by the way, you should check out the video because you get to see him practicing a submission on RAF, and it's as no, you get to see him awesome demonstrating can... the submission yeah. he used to win oh, the fight. Potato, potato! He looked like he was sinking it in. Uh, impressive, a little like a darcetine, as you guys called it, a darcy to yeah. guillotine mix. Was, um, I mean, it was impressive, and everybody from Systems who fought on that card got a submission, so, so that funny. was really cool to see. That's, yeah, I was stoked. I was stoked to hear it. How was the event overall? What are you ranking it at? You got to talk to Halleck. Uh, I got Gucci to talk to Halleck. <laughs> I also got to talk with um, Ed Soros, who's one of the guys who's putting it together. He's a famous uh, figurehead behind the scenes uh, as a manager and trainer for uh, the UFC's best fighters. If you don't know him, please do. But he's behind this, and they are very proud of the fact that they've sent more than like seven, eight fighters from the RFA to the UFC. And you can see it. A lot of these guys, uh, they're rough around the edges, but some of the fights were super awesome. For example, we saw Kevin K.O. Casey from our favorite season of The Ultimate Fighter fighting. Tough 17. And- I didn't know exactly how he finished somebody. I just saw he elbowed a guy in the face. And hey. it actually says here it was a submission via elbows. What? So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, awesome. But what? I I just thought he knocked him unconscious and the ref stopped it. But I have to go now look and see if he tapped out. Because Eddie may have gotten hit so hard in the face that he was just like, no, thank you. But uh, a nice return to form for Kevin K.O. Casey, who is a friend of the podcast. So that was cool. That's really badass. I'm uh, super jealous you got to see it. But you know what we all got to see? UFC Fight Night 10. I'm calling it a spectacular evening of fights. Raph, you were calling it a good night of fights? That was good. What do you, what do you say with the you, – you had to throw in the – it was good. What does that, that mean? What is your ranking here? I would rank it as maybe a – B minus in there. Like, it, it's not that anything was spectacularly bad. Um, I think we got a good series of fights. Uh, I think the main fight is something of debate that a lot of people have have really, really gone out of their way to talk about. But, you know, there's there was a few decisions that happened throughout the evening, which always kinds of weighs down the proceedings. Um, but there were also some big highlights. So yeah, about B minus B. Interesting. Because I'm saying solid A. And let me explain my position on the... uh, I watched the Henderson-Thompson fight, and anyone who's a fan of fighting and a practitioner of the sport as well, I think, would love the jiu-jitsu that was going on. And the unique striking combinations, like these two were in a absolute... 
war. Benson Henderson and Josh Thompson gave us every dime for our dollar between the back takes and the escape from the back takes and all of that stuff. I thought it was great. Uh, super athletic, really interesting. I thought the Cerrone fight was great. I thought Miacic over Gonzaga was another one of those. I was really just surprised at what a brutal beating the two boxing heavyweights was. Uh, so I love the And the, the fact that Gabriel Gonzaga actually broke his ha- hand in the first round. Did he? I didn't know that. Yep, there was a lot of hand breaking. <laughs> there was a the tremendous, a tremendous amount of broken hands. I wonder. Do you ever think they stop and they're like, "Hey, who was the tape jobber tonight? Mm. Who was the knob job that was responsible for all these broken I will hands?" Say, uh, Josh Thompson backstage in the press conference basically said he knew his finger, his thumb was broken after the first round and the second round the doctor comes over and they're like we're gonna stop it he's like oh hell no and then he starts popping it back into the like place and he could see the commission guy looking at him do it and go "Uh oh and turning away okay but he he did make a mention he looks at everybody in the the press conference and he just goes well you know guys you know i think everybody here will agree we're we're fighters we don't get carted off the field when we get cramps. <laughs> That's uh, first of all, perfect timing with the Super Bowl. Last time you yeah. can get that little, that little jab yeah. in. Um, it kind of looked like classic Benson Henderson. Mm-hmm. Um, he really doesn't finish people. He just doesn't. He never has. That's never been his thing. So if you just, are expecting well, or looking for anything else out of Benson Henderson. He used to be a guy who was either capable of it or really just was going all out. But now he's become the UFC's strategist. And so much so that I think he pissed off Dana not even to come to the press conference. You think that's what it was? I I have strong suspicion to believe it was. Because afterwards, Dana was interviewed by Fox Sports Juan. And instead of going to the post-press conference, he basically had that sullen Dana White look on his face. Like he's really fucking pissed. And just said, like, judges got that one fucking wrong. You know, scores were all over the fucking place. And, you know, Ben Benson just he doesn't finish fights. He doesn't do that. You know, who is a fan of knocking people out? Mm-hmm. Donald the Cowboy Cerrone, Raph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tip of the hat to the Cowbs. You said he did. Don't the- say Cowbs again. Okay, sorry. Sorry to everyone. Let me just. So hats off, to, tip of the hat to the cowboy. Whatever you do with your fucking hat to celebrate someone, do it for Donald Cerrone. Uh, wins via kicking through someone's face. Did you yes. see the slow-mo? This is what's been great about Fox. Mm-hmm. The shots are better now than they ever yes. were. You could see his brain. Yes. And it was shaking, which can't be good. Not to my best knowledge, but I'm not a doctor. I do know that when they show that slow-mo and you see – I think it's the jaw that just starts to move and like slow motion like – and you go, oh, god, that can't be good. (laughs) That's got to be some – there have to be ramifications for that. Yeah. Um, Miacic Gonzaga – Mm-hmm. Really fun fight, Miacic. I was surprised at uh, maybe it had to do with his hand. Uh, maybe that's why Gonzaga did have such problems 
working yes. any of his jujitsu game with a broken hand, I can imagine it's pretty fucking hard. So, and I will say, I don't know that it was all that. He also looked really gassed, and that that is saying something for a person his size. But there was a speed difference just between the two. Yeah, that's putting it. I mean, that's putting it nicely. I mean, me and Chip was moving at like a fucking different level. Like it was, yeah. So there were several speeds difference between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, but so, so overall, I really love this card. There was great buzz about the undercard fights. They were exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to see Bruce Leroy once again doing some kick-ass stuff. And he was saying how he thought he was basically being fed to uh, Pettis so that he could make a name for himself and that he stopped the Sergio Pettis uh, kind of bandwagon train that the UFC seemed to be jumping on. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> I just, he's still the coolest fucking looking guy. I wish he just wore a suit to the goddamn thing. I wish he wore a suit with his gloves, I guess his walkout. That would be awesome. That's funny. Very Nick Young. There's my mm-hmm. sneaky NBA reference for the mm-hmm. day. But I used a Laker for you, Raph. Thank you. For you. I, it's, it's all I have right now, so yes, that's fine. <laughs> I, first of all, am going to continue to applaud them for putting together fights like this. I really think Dana's underestimating how great Benson's... I thought it was a fun fight. I'm so fucking hurt. I You shit on my parade of, like, normally I'm such a pessimist, but, you know, I was into it. I thought the fights were great. Uh, I enjoyed them. All that and more. Anything else to say about the UFC? Uh, I'll say Donald Cerrone. Gets on. Uh, he uh, he definitely won the press conference, basically saying that uh, he's like responding to Cole Miller, who's been calling him out on Twitter, and basically treated him like a chump in the post press conference to the point where all the people in there were laughing hysterically at him, basically saying, "Who the shit is Cole Miller?" <laughs> Uh, this is what it is. Cole Miller is a turd the UFC hasn't flushed yet. Oh. And Donald Cerrone said, a weight cut can't happen when it impedes on his ability to drink full-bodied Budweiser's. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, I think that was cool. Look, I love it when they go to Chicago. I think it's a great town for fights. But, uh, I, you know, I thought, like I said, B, B- minus didn't fail. I thought there were definitely some highlights and... Uh, Let's see what happens on the next UFC on Fox card. Great final note, sir. Mm. How about we take a quick break and then come back with some uh, over-under Kevin? Yeah, I guess. You have a surprise for me of some sort. I assume oh, oh, that's a nice oh, gift. Don't I ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Verbal Tap fans, back by Jess. First of all, stop sending all of the mail Kev. asking for over under Kevin. We're Kevin. gonna do it. Yeah. Are you are you trying to preview the segment over under Kevin? Yeah. Are that's you trying to say right that now. people have been clamoring for it though? That's that's what I was I was using sort of a magician's trick, a sleight of hand. I was hoping people it's, might not. Here's the thing: people aren't really excited about your part on over under Kevin. Oh, that is. Um, okay, why do you say it like that? You sound, you've got your Raph scheming voice on. 
I do, but I will say, you know, the the real appeal of this game is who we bring on to face you in a game that shares your own name in it. Um, you're okay. You've done this before, and it cost me a box of two random gifts I had to give to someone. Are you saying that I'm going to be doing over under Kevin as just a loan, as a gift? You're giving me a gift? <laughs> no, not at all. In fact, I I sought you're such a dickhead. High and low to find the right caliber of opponent for under ever Kevin for UFC 169. Is it Don Fry? It's Don Fry. Uh, right? It's better than Don Fry, actually. No, no. How? First of all, don't. Nothing's better than Don Fry. I beg to differ. Would you like to meet your opponent for today? Yes. Why don't you say hello to the returning John Evans? Oh God damn it, Raph. Is, is he really? Hey. Oh, there's his little chuckle. There it is. What's up, Kevin? Is this uh, is this over under Kevin? Because I have to say, I love this segment. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Thank you, by the way, Raph, for choosing someone that has both been over and under me in submission. Uh, that's great. He, uh, I got the chance to roll with John Evans, who was very aggressive. A lot of cheap shots. Uh, I think he drugged me. I can't Actually, tell. Actually, no. I saw all of those things. There was a there was a drug test after he tested clean. Uh, yeah. It was a little more questionable the- your tactics that you were using, though, Kevin. The eye gouging and low blows. Mm-hmm. I, see, I thought knife attacks were allowed at VMAC. I was obviously wrong, and I admit that now, and I apologize. It was just the only way I could get out of half guard. So you're here to lose in a game of over under, Kevin John. Is that right? Um, I am never here to lose, but uh, I am here to play the game. So, <laughs> well, you know, before we get to the game, what you got, John? I love John's trash talking. I could listen to that for hours. <laughs> it's the most adorable thing ever. Uh, <laughs> John, let's start with what you've been up to. You know, it's been a while. We've been missing the John Evans on the podcast. Yeah. I don't know yes, if missing um, is the right word, but certainly has been a nice vacation. Hmm. Interesting. No, I was I was out. I was a little under the weather. I had um, the uh, avian bird flu um, yeah. <laughs> over, over New Year's and uh, just getting over that now. So everything is looking up. I uh, recently hosted my own tournament, which I live-streamed on Ustream. So uh, if you want to check that out, go follow me on Ustream. It's uh, Ustream.com. Uh, maybe it's .tv. I believe it's .tv, actually, but .com works, too, and it's just under BDJ Breakdown as the user. So so they can see the me. event on there. Yeah, we can Absolutely. watch it post. Oh, badass. I'm actually going to – that's – tomorrow morning is gone at work. I'm in a little bit of a transition <laughs> anyway. I'm watching that shit tomorrow. Uh, the the previous tournament that I that I did will not be on Ustream. That's only for the live events. But then uh, a week later, I will be putting them up on my YouTube channel. So if you want to subscribe to that to see those, it's youtube.com slash BJJ Breakdown. I'm sensing yeah. a theme with this BJJ Breakdown. It's as though... <laughs> and Kev, I, I'm pretty familiar with some of the folks who participated with it. They are, are very, very cool individuals. So I was very I happy to see idea. that. I, I really do. I love the a blue belt submission only tournament. I think is such a a cool, fascinating tournament um, topic. So I loved it. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad you liked it. It's uh, I thought it was fantastic because it was for money too, um, and I only invited people that I personally know and that are good competitors, but also good people. 
So uh, it just made the whole event a little bit more lighthearted than the normal serious uh, grindy tournament, although the matches were really, really hardcore and, and really entertaining to watch. Uh, but, I do uh, love the idea of a John Evans uh, run tournament where it's just like, well, they're they're very polite people, and I greeted them with a smile, <laughs> and then uh, they went out, and I said, kill each other. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, fight to the death. It's, that's what it is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, deal with a smile. Of yeah. course. And, you yeah. know, we were we were so happy to hear that you were putting this together, and we will definitely start putting out more notices uh, when we find out about these events, because we want our folks to be watching. Like, if John Evans is giving you that, I think you're good at jujitsu. Nod. I-, I think it's worth watching, and I-, I can't say enough good things. So we're we're very happy for you, my man. Oh, thanks, guys. I uh, really appreciate that. Uh, I would have given you more notice on this one, but it, it was the first one, so I was trying to sneak it under the radar to see if there were oh, any. Yeah. Uh, issues i'd have with the live stream or anything but uh it actually was a pretty pretty big success so uh pretty happy about that but thank you yeah, guys for I, mean, plugging it. I think you're being too modest i think most people don't know how quickly this came together and uh the fact that so many people had so many nice things to say about within the community that i heard from uh i think bodes well for you and all of that stuff but enough pleasantries gentlemen <laughs> now the two of you will fight to the death on our UFC 169 installment of Over Under, Kevin. Are you both ready for this Woo-hoo! game? I was born ready, Raph. UFC 169. Giggity. Yes, I'm ready. Oh, so <laughs> I like John's answer. John's already ahead. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, gentlemen, here's how the game works. I'm going to go ahead and name a fight out of order from the card. And you will have 15 seconds to make your case as to who will win that fight. There may be a chance for rebuttal, depending on how I feel. You may have 15 seconds to rebute the other person's <laughs> argument. Does all of this make sense to you guys? I don't know what rebute means, but the rest sounded good. I just, I, I was told to be here, and <laughs> and we'll just go with that. We're calling John Evans. That's that was the plan tonight. That was, uh... that was so funny. John's on the podcast whether he wants to be or not. That's genius. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you no, guys. I think, I think I got it. Let's let's, uh, let's make this it. happen. All right, we're gonna start. The f- first fight is Jamie Varner versus Abel Trujillo. We're gonna start with Kevin. Go. You have 15 seconds on the clock. Go. Jamie Varner's a minus 147 favorite because I guess Vegas has never seen Abel Trujillo's chain link fence tattoo. Trujillo wins a knockout. Nice. Kevin's <laughs> going through tattoo logic. John, you have 15 seconds. Go. Uh, he does have a beautiful chain link fence tattoo. Uh, I've never even seen him before, but that thing is fantastic. Jamie Barter, uh, been around a long time trying to make a comeback. I believe he did not do so well in his last performance. So, uh, that's all I have to go on. I would say Varner is a tough one. All right. We did get Varner just in the nick of time. Let's go. Uh, Kev, do you have a rebuttal to John Evans there? You have 15 seconds. Go. I'm sorry. I fell asleep during. Oh, hit the alarm. Uh, and Abe Trujillo's killer. So, you know, nicknames. Just saying. Oh, that's valid. Yeah, it is. Wow. <laughs> it's, wow. it's, it's, 
I mean, John, I'm interested to hear if you have a rebuttal or if you're just going to compliment Kevin on how good his answer is. You have 15 seconds, go. Uh, you mentioned Killa. I think that's the end of the discussion, so I have to give it to Kevin on this one. No. Oh, God. This was a choice. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Can you smell it, Kevin Nation? It's there the is no sweet Kevin aroma Nation. of victory. <laughs> that's if what my fans Kevin would Nation. call themselves, Rap. They would it call themselves the Kevin Nation nation in the entire world all right we're going to the next fight because kevin nation isn't a thing uh <laughs> next fight is nick Antone versus tom watson we're gonna start with you john you have 15 seconds on the clock go <laughs> i don't see this one on the card uh it is on the card don't fight with me on it whether it's, it's on, on the, the fox sports now. one prelims what <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Antone versus Watson. Okay, it is. I didn't know we were doing prelims too. Tom Watson is a minus one eighty nine favorite, which his nickname's Kong over Nick Catone, who is the Jersey Devil, which sounds like he's one or two syllables away from being a VH1 series. Uh, So I guess I'm taking Tom Watson. And super boring uh, name. No, no, no. Keep, keep from any more analysis. That's all you get. Uh, Evans, do you have a response to that? Uh, it looks like Kevin is going with the tried and true method of comparing nicknames. So uh, <laughs> going Kong over Jersey Devil. The Jersey Devil. Be, it says the. the <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Jay. Um, this is for him. I, all right, John. Looking at the record, a, a guess on this. Kong does have 16 wins and six losses over uh, Jersey Devils, nine wins and four losses. So uh, I would assume by that, that Kong would win as well. All right. I'll let you know that was maybe eight seconds over, but John can beat me up. So he gets as much time as he wants. (laughs) Next fight. We're going to Tony Martin versus Rashid Mahogmadiv. (laughs) That can't be his last name. Uh, It's totally his last name. Go. Mahogmadiv is a minus 270 favorite, which leads me to believe Mahogmadiv stands for I will kill you in whatever language it represents. I'm going with uh, the terrifying last name guy. Tony Martin, are you kidding? Kev, you got to shut up now. All right, we're going over to John. John, who do you think takes this fight? Well, first of all, does Kevin even know what those numbers mean that he's reading off as far as the <laughs> betting odds go? <laughs> so he just seems to throw it out there. I don't know. But uh, I'm, I'm going to take a page out of Kevin's book and say Mahogmadiv because his nickname is the Highlander and there can be only one. Oh, sound logic. Kevin, your response? Uh, neither guy is pictured, which I think adds a certain element of terrifying. But... <laughs> You know, I, he's basically just stealing my answers, so I feel confident. I'm sweeping this. <laughs> sweeping it. it. should be noted mm-hmm. that Kevin has a losing record at this game. That oh, is a- awful. I almost always lose. You're guaranteed to win, no matter what, John. <laughs> Whatever I vote, it won't matter. John, <laughs> did you have a secondary follow-up to Kevin there? Are you just going to let him you know, sink in this ocean yeah. right now? Yeah, no, I mean, even if I bet on the same exact fighters that Kevin bet on, I would still somehow win, so I'm not too worried. <laughs> yeah, life's on John's side. That's genius. It's John's nicer. So I feel like it's karma. Let's just... <laughs> okay, we're going to our next fight. Next fight is John Lineker versus Ali Bagadouv. 
<laughs> Ali Bagadoof is my no, 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 no. That's the John, Kevin. Oh, oh, my sincerest apologies. Oh, I'm supposed to go on this one? Yeah. Kevin just jumped in there and started answering, so I wasn't sure. Don't worry, uh, I reset Bagatino, your time. Uh, he is uh, a striker. And very striking at that. And I don't know who John Lineker is, but he also has Hands of Stone, which I believe is Sam Stout's nickname. Uh, I'm going to give it to Bogatinov, even though he's ranked lower just for originality. All right. Kevin, your response. Uh, this is embarrassing that John Evans forgot the one rule. You don't vote against the guy with a mohawk. John Lineker has a mohawk. He's plus 113. Get him with the bargain. Put some big money and predict an upset. Here comes Lineker. Wow. This is uh, Kevin's Mohawk logic has never led him astray, except for all the times it has. (laughs) Except people with Mohawks get knocked out every fucking card. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to open up the floor to just cross-examination. I'm just going to put 20 seconds on the clock and just let you yell at each other. Go. First of all, John, I don't know where you get off accepting Raph's response to coming. I don't know why he ascended it to you or whatever the word is but first of all stick to jujitsu this is mma sweet cheeks go back Uh, to uh, young school i'm pretty confident in this because uh, i've got an ace up my sleeve and that is the fact that john lineker has a faux hawk and not a mohawk so i think i've got no kevin he straight out said no your hair did, what, is he trying to talk more shit in a fashion contest this isn't over under paul mitchell this is about fighting (laughs) Kev, let's be very clear about one thing. You are very sensitive about hair, and I know that hurts deep. So we're going to go to our next fight. Our next fight is a championship bout. It is Jose, no way Jose Aldo, versus Ricardo Lorenzo's brother, Lamas. This is such an astronomical fight line. It's minus 576, because if you vote against Jose Aldo, you're insane. Though... If anyone's going to beat him, it's going to be with the last name Lamas. Okay. That, uh, I, I, think... I will give, I'll give Kevin the Lamas thing, but, uh, I mean, Aldo, yeah, Aldo's going to win this one. I, <laughs> How do you vote against him? That would be I funny. don't even know who Ricardo Lamas is. I looked at his record <laughs> before we went online, and he, he fights, like, practically once a year, uh, last person he fought and he beat was that uh, some guy with last name Coke. Um, I don't know. Jose Aldo is one of the greatest fighters of our time. I don't see him losing this one. Awesome. Kevin, do you have a response to that? Nah, I have a response to what? Him straddling the line of ambiguity like an artful diva? No, the, Ricardo Lamas is the bully and Jose, Jose Aldo is the is junior. Uh, are those both Arnold Schwarzenegger movies or just one? Uh, neither, but good okay. try. Junior is definitely an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Junior is, but in the way you said it, it was offensive, so I didn't count. <laughs> All right, Sean, <laughs> do you have a response to Kevin's nonsense? Uh, absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let it be known that that is the first time someone has declined to respond to Kevin because of how stupid he sounds. It is hard to follow. <laughs> if you've been like drawing wow. the metaphors I've been using on a board, first of all, uh, send me an email with just like the basic recap. But second of all, probably not. Uh, let's move on to our next fight. Our next fight is, and we're going to start with John on this one, Chris Casario versus Danny Martinez. Uh, 
yes. Carriasso versus Martinez, the classic fight of the Kamikaze <laughs> versus the Gremlin. Hmm. Um, these guys are in the 125-pound division, which hasn't even been around for very long. Uh, I've never seen either of them. I'm going to go with the Gremlin on this one. So Danny Martinez. <laughs> I'd just like to say that if they ever made another version of Sherlock they would do well to get John Evans to be the person who's playing him as he's deducing the crime. As he's trying to mm-hmm. find the fight card, yeah. He's he's making an old rookie mistake and just sticking near the uh, top part of the main card on UFC page. Mm-hmm. you got to be prepared to go to the prelims and the past prelims as well. Raph will go right. anywhere. He's not scared. Tell you what, Kevin, why don't you tell us who you think is going to win that fight? Uh, well, obviously, a lot of us, I think it's going to be the first person not to disappear. 125 pounds? How do they even have a line on this? Um, but they do. Chris Carriasso, minus 144. I'm going with the gremlin. Okay. Danny Martinez. Danny Martinez. You know, I think this game brings up a very important part of discussing mm. how pivotal a fighter nickname is to the game. And tattoos. Yes. Yeah, your look, mm. basically. You know. Okay, we're going to our next fight. Uh, the next fight is Neil Magny versus Gassan Yumilov. Neil Magny! Plus 154. Put it on the underdog. Tough 17 alum. The tallest man in show business. You gotta give Neil Magny some love. He's just long, but I, I am just really doing that because I want to do a parlay with tough 17 people. Wait. Did you just say the longest man in show business? I hope I didn't. Is that what I said? It's 15 <laughs> seconds, Raph. There's a time crunch on these responses. Wow. We learn a lot about Kevin, uh, every one of these. But, uh, John, what's your response to that? Uh, so, Neil Magny versus, uh, I'm not even going to attempt his last name, but the Cobra <laughs> is the other guy's nickname. Uh, I got to go with the Cobra. I know that Kevin just went with Neil Magny because he's the only one with a picture out of the two of them. So, uh, yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go opposite of what Kevin said. for the uh, As you always should. But also, in Kevin's defense, <laughs> it had a picture next to it, which is the way Kevin reads. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's true. I forgot about uh, that. They do help, I'm just going to say. But they really right. do. Yeah. You know, looking at a picture is like reading a thousand words, Raph. Next fight is Kevin Lee versus Al Iguana. Al, it's this is John, right? No, it's you. Al Iguano, by the way, is not his name at all. El Iguanta versus Kevin Lee. You know, I'm. This is part two of my tough seventeen parlay. Al is minus two forty one. I'm taking the favorite and the money line with my tough seventeen boys. Plus, El Iguanta was a he's a good looking fighter. All right, that didn't really matter. John, your thoughts? Also, Kevin picking once again the only fighter with a picture up out of the two. Oh, yeah, two for two. Uh, and I, I believe that pronounced La Quinta? Yes, like, yes, it is. Which yeah, is Spanish for the Quinta. <laughs> <laughs> Al means the? It does. Uh, oh, okay. Kevin so. Lee is the Motown phenom, though, which, can I just say, might be the coolest nickname on this card. It'd be better if he was the Motown Philly phenom. I like how specific it is. It's just like, I'm the 38th and 4th Street phenom, 
over in DC. Um, my, my favorite are, are his stats, though. zero, defense zero, and then grappling is much of the same. Uh, takedown average zero, takedown accuracy zero, defended zero, and the submission attempted zero. So, did someone just take my record and put that online? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's weird, zero. Right? Motown Phenom, is that you? <laughs> Guys, I am excited to hear your thoughts on this next one. So let's just go straight to it. Frank, Space Station Mirror versus, hey, now, you're an all-star Overeem. We're going to start with John. Go, John. Uh, what is this fight? Is this one going to be? It's a, oh, it's, okay. So it's in America. Yeah, I got to give it to Mirror then. Um, <laughs> Alistair Overeem doesn't, <laughs> doesn't have access to horse meat here, so we should <laughs> should uh, be a clean sweep for Mir. Okay. Kev, your response? Frank Mir is plus 279, which is a fucking atrocity. Why do we have any reason? First of all, I think it's a huge factor because he also can't drink his Hulk juice. Overeem's going to lose his fight, and I don't know why anyone would think he's going to win it. He's been terrible since he's been back. His last six fights have been a garbage. Uh, John, let's get your response to what Kevin just said. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of agree with Kevin as much as I hate to say that. Uh, just Overeem, anytime anyone pushes back on him, then he just gets super tired and uh, then he dies. So I'm going to give this one to Mir. <laughs> he got knocked out by Bigfoot Silva. Bigfoot Silva throws a punch. You have a day to figure out what you're going to do with it. <laughs> so much time. It's true. It's true. Uh, Kevin, did you have any more response to what John said there? Uh, I mean, how? (laughs) Thank you. Let me just say that. Let me just throw him with a thank you and an air ass tap. That's what I'm doing. I'm kind of like demeaning you, like, thanks for agreeing with me, toots. Oh. So, no, I have nothing to say. If that's what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) weird. Our our viewers don't know this, but um, ass tap, I believe, was also what Kevin did. (laughs) when he was rolling with uh, John Evans. And, well, if that was the most readily available space. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Very right. different right. context. Very, very different. Very, very different. Hmm. Oh, guys, this is this has almost been too much fun. Uh, I would like to say it would almost. end now, but we still have three more fights. Let's get hmm. through them. The next fight is John Medesi versus Alan Patrick. Kevin, your thoughts? John Medesi versus Alan Patrick is obviously what everyone's going to be tuning in to see this fight card <laughs> for. I mean, that's obviously number one. Uh, Medesi's minus 155. I'll go with him because he just looks the least enthralled to be in his UFC picture ever. Okay. It's kind of like the kid who went for photos when they're like in grade school. They don't yeah. really feel into it. It's cool. Uh, John, your thoughts? Uh, well, I'm going to give it to Alan Patrick because he's 11 and 0. And unlike the Motown phenom, he actually has uh, some strikes landed under his record and some takedowns and stuff like that. So, yeah, Alan Patrick, go- not the bowl. I'm going to go ahead and stop you here, John. Um, I'm not an expert at this, but are strikes and takedowns good? It depends. It depends. If you want to win, yeah, usually they're pretty good. So Um, what you're saying is you need to have those on your record to usually win. 
typically, yes, yes. It's, okay. it's a hard, it's, it's hard to win a fight without those. So, guys, yeah. I always look to John Evans as my jiu-jitsu instructor uh, for guidance, and he never fails to give me that guidance. So, thank you, John. That's Such... it's the hard, hard-hitting information that you know. It is what I bring to the table. <laughs> it is insight. Definitely is. Uh, John, what were you, do you do if I were to ask you who would win this fight between Clint Hester and Andy Enns? Who? Clint Hester. He was on the ultimate fighter with, um, oh, oh, you're talking about head busser, head busser. Yes. I'm so sorry. Oh, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't I'm recognize so him without the pseudonym in there. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb here and give it to Headbusser. Uh, not to mention that Lionheart also has no landed shots or takedowns. So, yeah, Headbusser. I don't even think I get to ask you who wins because John just won that round. <laughs> This is the end of my uh, – I agree, but let me just punctuate it with this is the third leg of my uh, tough 17 parlay. Clint Hester's minus 183. I'm parlaying that with La Quinta's 241. I think it's like Iaquinta or something. Iaquinta, that's what it is. Or that's how Goldberg Mr. 241 with Neil Magny's plus 154. Interesting. Yeah. Well, mm. uh, gentlemen, this brings us to our last fight. Here's what's going to happen. I'm just going to say the fight. The both of you are going to talk over each other and just make your case. That'll be great radio. It is. Um, And whoever's loudest will win. So the last fight on the card is Renan Burrell versus Uriah Faber. Go, gentlemen. 20 seconds on the clock. Go now. Not a bulky abs contest. Uh, Renan Burrell is a minus 264 favorite for a very strong reason, but I'm going to think Faber's going to ride it. I'm calling big upset, take Faber, third-round knockout. Uh, we either lost John or... Nope, nope, <laughs> okay. I just, I didn't, I, I knew I had no shot talking over you, Kevin, so I, <laughs> I played a silent game on that one. Uh, no, I'm going to give it to Faber as well. He's been training at my gym, and uh, he's been looking really sharp the last couple of fights. So, I I mean, Hinnon is really good, but I just don't see him uh, doing anything against Faber in the grappling department, and... I would wager that Faber's got better hands. So, wow, that was uh, the first time in a game of over under Kevin we've had somebody say they've trained with the person who is fighting. Yeah, that's a uh, breaking ground. Is that enough to disqualify John Evans from this game, Kevin? I think it is. I think it's technically insider information, then, isn't it? It is, and you know what? Because you answered like that, I'm going to overturn it and say, oh, for no fuck's go. sake, I hate you so much. I thought you were finally going to rally with me just for 10 no. seconds. No, never. Uh, John well, Evans. Well, gentlemen, that was a lot of fun, and I will tell you this right now. Before we go, I need for the tiebreaker, in case for whatever reason this comes down to it, I need you to give me who you think will have submission of the night, Knockout of the night and fight of the night. I'm going to go submission of the night. Frank Mir. All the pieces are in place. 
Um, I'm going to go fight of the night is going to be Baral Faber and knockout of the night. I mean, how do you not pick Jose Aldo? That's the problem. Like anytime he fights on a card, you, yeah, that's my fight. Those are my picks. Okay. Pretty controversial. That's... Yes. I'm going to go, uh, submission of the night, uh, Hester versus Ends. Knockout of the cool. night, Martin versus Magadem, Magomedov. And uh, uh, fight of the night is going to be Magni versus Yumaladov for sure. 100%. You're going. You think all three of those honors are going to the UFC Fight Pass prelims? What? <laughs> <laughs> you just named the three fights on the UFC Fight Pass prelims. Oh, are they on the they're on the Fight Pass prelims? Huh? How dare you, John? Did you literally just make a commercial for the UFC Fight Pass under our noses? You suck. <laughs> uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I mean, Dana said checks in the mail, so uh, <laughs> Well, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for providing the unique kind of analysis that really you don't pay for because no. neither of us do. not. Uh, I, I really want to give a special thank out to John Evans from BJJBreakdown.com. Guys, please go look up his YouTube channel uh, at BJJ Breakdown as well. You can find the uh, links to all of the stuff he is doing, the wonderful commentary, the great tournaments he's hosting, and, of course, the wonderful jiu-jitsu knowledge he has. Uh, John, we can't thank you enough for being on the podcast and playing over under Kevin. And also, before we let you go, is there a wager online? And if so, what is it, John? What <laughs> a wager. I have to send one of Raf's friends that was on the podcast a box Actually, with two random items. I need his address, by the way. We gotta do you that. You do know him. It is uh Sebastian. He lost to Sebastian. Oh I don't name people. I do. Wow. <laughs> was was there a wager against Sebastian? It was. Yes, it was super weird, but I have to send him a box with two random items. What was the wager? That was the that wager. Was the wager. Winner, send, winner gets a box of two random items from the loser. Of the it last was... over under Kevin? Yeah, he yes. made it up on the spot. <laughs> if you can wow. believe it. <laughs> huh. You know those Swedes and their weird... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, but I guess what really got me thinking. Like, it's really I had to go into the Kevin box to try and figure this Do out. Do you have an idea of what you would like to wager against Kevin on this. It could be pride. It could be a status update. It could be two items in a box, which I don't still get, but it could be that it could be Kevin has to buy you a lunch. I don't know. What are you thinking? Um, okay. The loser has to dress up like Uriah Faber and take uh, changes Facebook profile picture for that uh, for a week. Oh, that's genius. Absolutely. It's on. <laughs> well, it's there you on. have it, ladies and gentlemen. Now, if you had any reason to have justified 30 minutes of us talking about UFC 169, <laughs> you have it right then and there. But uh, John Evans, you're a gem of a human being. We love it when you come to the podcast. I was on BJJ Breakdown today. I always go to it when I have some downtime. And uh, we'll see you very soon. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, Yeah, it's always a good time. So, 
Yep. If you guys want to check it out, bjjbreakdown.com or youtube.com slash bjjbreakdown. But, uh, man, this is the show. This is where it's at, really. So it's uh, always a treat to be on. Thank you, guys. Raph, you wrote an article that was, um, if I may, just for a second, compliment mm. you. Not to, I want to alarm the people listening. Mm-hmm. Um, you wrote an article that was obviously a <laughs> appeal for people to just give you your blue belt and ignore the ranking system. <laughs> that, <laughs> is absolutely, yeah. that was uh, 100%. Kevin saw right through it where I just said, fuck you guys, just give it to me. Uh, no, I wrote an article that I was – uh, not 100% sure I wanted to do, but... I was actually impressed about, if you haven't, please go to Verbal Tapcast. I'm being serious now. Read the article. It's a really, it's a good insight into just jujitsu and practicing martial arts. It happens to also have great relations into just what those first few years of jujitsu means and what it means to learn jujitsu. But that's my plug for it aside. But yes, you you wrote a very introspective article about the process and it's been very well received. Yes. Uh, I have, for one, and this is 100% real, uh, been astounded by the amount of attention that it's received and more so by the support. Uh, the Jiu-Jitsu community is a very uh, excited and happy fan base, uh, but I, I was not expecting it to get this kind of attention because really – you know, our friend uh, Amici Akbom over at BJJ Training Journal has this really cool website where you can track all of your stuff. And it seemed like the missing component of something that I've been wanting to do for, for a long time. And uh, when I put it up, I was like, I went to bed like this. I had it automatically post in the morning and I just go, OK, uh, let's see what people say. Like I went to bed just being like, all right. <laughs> I hope I don't piss anybody off. Oh God, this is going to be weird. And then and that like, has I woke not up. been that hasn't been it at all. Yeah. Um, it, it's been yeah. People find it very interesting, and it is interesting. You, I mean, you're you tend to capture opinion articles better than better than like ninety five percent of people that write opinion sure. articles. You are talking about it in a method to also discover one of our favorite little recent items in the jujitsu world: the BJJ Training Journal. Yes, BJJTrainingDrill.com, which is what I'm doing this in conjunction with. And uh, I told Demetria I'd blog about it for a, about a month and we'll see what happens. And we're actually now getting to that point where I'm probably going to start getting the second article called I'm up, which I don't want to give everything away. But I think the next article, which is a nice slice of life of training, I'm not out to go and tell all of my training partner secrets or anything like that. Uh, just kind of funny narratives that I find. So the next one I think we're looking at is things I'm looking for in a training partner. <laughs> nice. Uh, wink, wink. If you don't mind sending me some tips to get through John Evans' half guard, that would be much appreciated. Honestly, see something. I, you know, the funny part about that is once you're there, you're just kind of there. And okay. there have been times when. So it's like a musical. It is. But you know, when you think you're doing something that's amazing and you just pass somebody's guard and you're in their half guard and you go, I got here. I no, that's not the case with Evans. <laughs> like 100%. At one point, I, it's like the weirdest pass that you'll ever have where you go. What's going to happen? 
What's he doing? He's already not like some people are three moves ahead of you. Some people are six moves ahead of you. John is 3000 moves ahead of you. So uh, he'll be fun. And I'm actually going to talk with him about doing something for that BJJ journal stuff. I think it'll be really fun. Awesome. Well, look for it. Check it out. I'm going to be spending a few hours on BJJ journal with a J, not a chat. Training journal. The journal. It's a part ice cream maker tomorrow. So we'll be talking more about this. And I am stoked to see the next article. I think it was. And uh, you guys should uh, friend me and Kevin on the BJJ training journal. Uh, Absolutely. You can be friends with us and we can show you techniques that we're working on or stuff that we just find interesting. Absolutely. Ra- yes, sir, Rafa Sparza. Go get some, Donald Sorone. <laughs> we will be right back. Mikey Ruckus. Verbal Tap fans, I've been excited since we first got that contact with you on Twitter. We have Mikey Ruckus on the line tonight. Mike, how you doing? Doing good. How are you? Not too bad at all. Now, you are doing something very interesting. You are starting a – it's a rock tour, right? Yes, it's actually a, a fight music tour. A fight and, you're uh, called, yeah, gonna... it's branded fight music. There it is. Right, there you go, yeah. And uh, we're going to be traveling alongside UFC pay-per-views. Uh, we're going to be going into their markets when they're setting up a pay-per-view event and, uh, and just putting on a, uh, an additional fan experience event more than just actual live music. We're going to have vendors there. We're going to have live radio broadcasts and UFC stars in attendance as well. Sort of like a fight fan carnival, if you will. Yeah, almost, you, yeah uh, something like that. A little mini expo. Minus the badass. Wheel. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> well, just get somebody who's good at judo to do some tosses on a mat and solved. <laughs> <laughs> you can call it the shot and toss and just have people it's like take a shot and get thrown by a legend <laughs> that would be a good one that, that idea is for free we try how how does this start tell us the um how do you get into this how do you decide you know what i'm i'm gonna do this i'm following the tour this is a cool idea and you start lining up vendors talk us through the process yeah so i mean i've been doing music for over half my life and, uh, you know, I've done the conventional route. I, you know, I've, I've played in, in local bands. I've done, uh, you know, some film scoring, some, you know, independent films, TV, uh, video games, things like that. And it's really hard to try to find your place, uh, within, uh, I guess you could say American music is always, uh, is, is pigeonholed. There's, there's so many different genres and you have to be fit into one of these genres. And, you know, with my upbringing and my influences, I've always studied every different form of music that there pretty much is. Um, and I, I wanted to be able to be, you know, free with my creativity and, uh, and stay fresh and continue to create. So of course I, I've been a huge fan of mixed martial arts since 1996. I followed it all through the years, About three years ago, I kind of had, I finally had that decision making process where I, I came to a crossroads and I said, you know what, why not combine the two, you know, walkouts for me were always a big thing when I was growing up watching pro wrestling you know, and I saw an opportunity there. I saw an opportunity within the mixed martial arts industry to really take this thing to another level. In my eyes, every fighter that's out there has a story to tell uh, as to why they fight, 
why they go out to the cage, why they put it all on the line. And, and, you know, there's, there's literally millions of different reasons why people decide to do this, you know? So I took now, that and, and I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, I hate to break this up because this sounds very interesting. The one thing I, I am interested in knowing is how does your craft specify to the individual? Like, how do you go about that process? That just sounds interesting to me. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of how I, I wanted to make it different from anybody else. I wanted to make sure that nobody could replicate exactly what it is that I do. So what I, you know, what I decided to do was create 100% customizable, uh, customized music to the artist, uh, I'm sorry, not the artist, the, uh, the fighter or the fight company, whether it be an apparel line, whether it be uh, an internet website or uh, a radio show, uh, whatever style they wanted, whatever story that they wanted told, I would incorporate it within the music. I would create samples let the client listen to the sample. So it became a client-based approach from the get-go. So you mean to say that right now, if Dana White called you up and was like, yo, I've got some mad tracks I want to drop, Dana White, the album, you could do that. Yeah, and we've actually already had that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) He started following me on Twitter right away, and ever since then we've kind of communicated back and forth through DM. And uh, we haven't found the right, uh, maybe we're waiting for the right timing, um, you know, but I've done some things and, you know, we've had some feedback back and forth, but, uh, the day will come, the day will come where you'll see something like that. It may not be tomorrow. I mean, it could be tomorrow. It could be six months from now. Who knows? But, uh, I've been working on quite a few things and, and throwing some ideas at him and he likes some things and he's like, well, try this or try that, you know, and, uh, just having that dialogue and he's a hundred percent aware of what we're doing with the tour and, uh, you know, and he's all for it. And what's the coolest ingredient people add when they're asking, like, uh, for different types of tracks? Has anyone been like, I need sharks literally jumping out of the ocean to grab someone off a mountain? Or how specific is it? Oh, well, you know, and it, it's scaled, it spans the spectrum. There's some that just say, I, I have no idea what I want. I have no clue whatsoever. Make me something. So then I'll ask them, okay, what type of music do you like? What type of music do you listen to? Uh, what kind of gets you going in terms of training or, or fighting? Then I've had some that have said, okay, I want this in the intro. I want this to start it off. I want this type of a verse. And, these, and they'll write the entire lyrical content for it. Uh, I'll give you an example. Like I just put together an entire fight music album for Enlisted Nine Fight Company, who has uh, actually become one of my sponsors. Colton Smith, uh, Tough 16, I think a season nice. 16 winner. Uh, Colton Smith and his uh, and his one of his superiors in the military, Dan O'Brien, uh, they had this apparel company, a listed nine fight company. They wanted to make a full fight music album, so we they decided exactly what they wanted in the lyrical content. It all had to all do with things in the military, you know, PTSD, homeless veterans, and stuff like that. And they wrote out all the lyrics, and uh, we just threw some stuff back and forth in terms of music, and then I would formulate all the lyrics they wrote into the song. You know, so it can get as detailed as that, or it can be just as basic as, "Look, dude, I'll give you the money. You make something, and we'll go with it." So I've, I've had I've had it from from one end all the way to the other. So the thing is, you've been talking with us for a few minutes. What do you think you would be saying for us specifically? I have a prompt. Like, if we wanted to say, like, "Fighters' pants fall down and trips," is that a good? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really, um, I don't really say anything right off the top of my head in terms of that. I will kind of fool around with it. A lot of it will come down to what style of music you're looking for. And what I, what I try to do is I have a little bit of fun with, uh, with the radio shows that I've done, and uh, and I say, hey, 
think of your favorite cartoon theme song when you were growing up or think of uh, your Dark favorite video game music or, or uh, film and then we'll put lyrical content around that. A lot of times you get the humor off of that as well. It's kind of play off of the actual uh, the, the cartoon and then incorporate the lyrics that will be tongue-in-cheek. Even if it's uh, hidden jokes amongst yourselves that you guys constantly rag on each other about or something oh, like nice. that. Oh, we've got millions of those. Rats, yeah, the song would never hurt. <laughs> <laughs> or the fact that Kevin thinks he's funny. I mean, there's so many ways to go on this. No, I would say without doubt, my cartoon uh, favorite was the X-Men theme song uh, as a, a theme from a kid. Like, I had that as a cell phone ringer for a long, long period of time. But when you're talking about theme songs, you said that you got involved due to pro wrestling. What was, like, the pinnacle theme song or several that you had uh when you were growing up that you kind of were like those are the shit yeah and there's there's a few of them because uh, you know for me it's about setting the tone that two and a half minutes when the competitor walks to the ring or the cage that is prime real estate for them to sell their brand you know because fighters especially today fighters are brands into themselves and if they realize that, they, they will realize all the opportunities that they had before them to make additional streams of revenue other than just getting in the cage and getting punched in the face. So that, that walkout to me means a lot. So especially in, you know, in, back in, you know, the days that I watched, I haven't really watched recently, but, you know, back during the, the WWE Golden Age or even during the, the Monday Night Wars, uh, the big ones for me, of course, The Undertaker always had a great one. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Undertaker's he just, you know, I always looked for the big pay-per-views, you know, when the Undertaker was fight, you know, was wrestling because he was going to do it. You know, they'd bring the Druids out, you know, they'd do the coffin thing or whatever like that. Um, Brock Lesnar, I always loved Brock Lesnar's intro. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior especially. And the coolest thing about the Ultimate Warrior was that was the coolest thing of his whole entire, his getup. His, you know, once he hit the ring, that was it. I mean, he was pretty much gassed out just from running down to the, to the ring itself. But, you know, it's just those things that, that music that kind of sets you off. Stone Cold Steve Austin was another. And you go back and you think about the simplicity. If you actually listen to the music by itself, like if you purchase WWE, the music volume, whatever, and you listen to the music, like the Steve Austin music is actually very simple. There's really not a whole lot to it. It's just the intensity that it brings within the arena itself. You know, and people have built up that anticipation for so long, you know, and it just gets to that point. You know, um, when Rampage, you know, this was going into uh, MMA, when Rampage actually walked out to the Pride team while he was in Japan, I mean, that was huge. You know, that said a lot. That really told a story right there because that was explaining his history. You know, so I really look for those things. Yeah, and here's my question, especially with the pro wrestling angles. How many of the different pro wrestling do you still incorporate those sounds into um, into the way you would with like MMA fighters? Uh, well, not necessarily. I mean, if they want sound effects, I have literally I have a sound library with seven hundred gigs of just sound samples and, and different different sound effects and and all that stuff. It, it really comes down to what they want. So if, if a fighter is looking for a rock song. You know, I'll make them a rock song. If a fighter's looking for a hip-hop track, I'll, I'll make them a hip-hop track. Uh, I, I had a conversation with Juliana Pena uh, last week. I'm going to be making her music for her for uh, UFC 171. And, uh, you know, she wants something a little more on the, the EDM slash techno side, which is fine. You know, that's, sure. that's what's for her. And she even said herself, she said, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even really hear the music when I walk out. You know, I just I make a beeline for the cage because I'm getting ready to punch somebody in their face. 
So I don't, I don't hear the music. I don't hear the, I don't hear Bruce Buffer. I don't hear nothing. I'm like, hey, that's you see a lot of fighters wearing their uh, Beats headphones in too these days. Yeah, and a lot of that comes from uh, licensing issues and stuff like that. Maybe they have a, they have a song that that's not approved. Because believe it or not, uh, the UFC is one of the toughest places to get music approved. Uh, for walkouts, and I'm one of the only independent producers that can actually get music approved in the UFC. You know, um, my first my first walkout song I did for UFC fighter was Carlo Prater at UFC 142, where he got demolished by Eric Silva in like 10 seconds or whatever. Um, but <laughs> I actually got the email. I got an email saying that no custom music was allowed. So I made the phone call directly to the UFC production staff myself and said, "What do we have to do to get to the root cause of the problem to make sure?" I'm operating within your guidelines and he gets to walk out to the music that, that he's getting. So they gave me their list of guidelines and I followed them. And ever since then, I've never had an issue getting a song approved for a UFC fighter to walk out to. This and just still to this day. Yeah. Mike, Hello? you're also the first person to successfully navigate the UFC production team. This is a twofer. You're winning on multiple <laughs> accounts. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I can tell you right now, I have no problem picking up the phone and calling to talk to somebody. Uh, I mean, I, I can tell you now, I ended up on the first uh, the pre-production staff for the first Transformers movie by picking up the phone and calling the COO of Hasbro back in 2006 and just pitching them for five minutes. And I ended up on the pre-production staff just from a single phone call. So, I mean, there's, there's little things like that. I mean, I have no problem. If there's an issue, I want to get to the root cause of the issue to make sure there's a win-win for everybody. And that's kind of what's, hap- what's happened here uh, with the fighters in the UFC. And I enjoy it. They enjoy it. And even not just the UFC itself, but all over. I mean, there's literally hundreds of thousands of fighters within the United States and millions around the world, and there's more that are coming up every single day. They all have stories that need to be told. And what better way to tell your story than when you're walking to the cage? Absolutely. Now you are starting this tour with UFC 169. Tell people where they can come see it. How do they? How do they get involved? Absolutely. So yeah. So this, of course, this tour will launch uh, this Friday, January 31st. Uh, it's the UFC 169 pre-fight party. It's going to be in Pequannock, New Jersey, which is about 15 minutes northwest of the Prudential Center, where uh, UFC 169 will be taking place. So we're timing it after the weigh-ins give you about 15, 20 minutes to head up to, uh, to Tess Restaurant in Pequannock, New Jersey. Uh, you can actually get your tickets right now at MMASignaturesUSA.com. MMASignaturesUSA.com. MMA Signatures is a company that I've, that I've partnered with us on this event. Uh, they, uh, they have exclusive memorabilia, fight memorabilia, autograph uh, pictures and things like that that you can't find anywhere else of all of your favorite UFC stars. They decided to come in, and they've been really supporting me on this. Uh, there's three different uh, ticket ticket prices. Uh, you got general admission, VIP, and VIP Ultimate. General admission will get you in the door. You get to see the fighters. You get to see the show. Check out the vendors and everything. VIP, you get a special meet and greet off to the side, and you get to hang out with the fighters the entire night. And then the VIP Ultimate, not only uh, do you get the, the VIP meet and greet with the fighters, but you have dinner included. So, uh, yeah, all of those different prices are there. We're going to be all over the place. We've already got uh, 2014 first quarter. Uh, already pretty much mapped out. Um, you know, of course, with this tour, I'm going to be doing uh, conventions and expos as well. So right after sure. this Friday, I'll be in San Jose for the MMA Evolution Expo uh, on February 8th and 9th. We're looking at uh, UFC 171 down in Dallas. Yeah, so we're we're gonna we're gonna take this thing and we're gonna put it everywhere. And right now, we're staying outside of Vegas and we're staying outside of Canada, just in terms of cost. 
We want to make sure everything make, makes sense. But hopefully by mid, right into summer, like right around the July, you know, when uh, UFC has the fan sure. explode during the summer, we'll be hitting Vegas and hopefully hitting Canada by the end of the year. Raph That's pretty sweet. goes to those things. Yeah, I probably will be there. <laughs> I'll probably be at the Baltimore. Ladies and gentlemen, Mikey Ruckus. Check him out. Check out the Fight Music Tour. Mikey, we really appreciate you swinging by the podcast and getting the word out. Thanks a bunch. Also, real quick, I want to give a shout-out to some of my sponsors. Uh, Training Mask, of course. Uh, MMA Institute here in, in Richmond, Virginia. They have four schools out here. They've got absolute beasts coming out of these schools right now. Some of them are going to be hitting the UFC this year. Bose Kennel is the number one pit bull breeder in the United States. Uh, Left Hook Entertainment, CP Technology, who is actually it's a solutions company that's setting me up with my own customized POS system to take on on the road with me for people to purchase merchandise and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm loving every minute of this. It's been crazy, and uh, we don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Fantastic. Thanks a ton, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thanks again. I'll talk to you guys soon. Sparza. Yes. We're bringing it down. You can find us at verbaltapcast.com. Leave us a little five star review. Reviewty. A little five star review. Wow. Hard to believe Your I drink during the podcast. articulation is really hitting a stride on this podcast. It's been subpar for someone that's mm-hmm. been just talking a lot. It's really shocking. Mm. So head on over to iTunes, if that's where you're already down in the podcast, and leave us a five-star review, please, or I've some heard. review, any review, really. Just uh, throw it up there. No news is bad news, um, but mm. five stars, please, because three would send me into a tearful fit, pretty much. That would be really bad news, and it would really, really ruin our day. Like us on Facebook and follow us on the fights where you can see our live shenanigans via Twitter, at VerbalTapCast. And Kevin, I think you're holding it down for UFC 169, right? One what? You're holding it down for UFC 160... No, grow up. (laughs) Yes, I will be holding it down for UFC... 169 and talking about you know mostly probably Uriah Faber's hair but right. otherwise and it'll be pretty good yeah whatever day they end up being yeah well Saturday one of these days set, no fucking way time out gut check me <laughs> any possible chance they move the day of the Super Bowl you know that's the one event you could do it what are I they think... going to do about weight if they give it another day like some of those guys are going to be fighting 26 pounds above their weight class. I don't know. They change everything. I probably change the win. Oh, you can't do that, can you? If you can change the event, you can change the win. I think the win. That's a fair point. Ladder kind of problems to have. Or Dana just goes, You made weight on fucking Friday. You fucking did it. (laughs) I bet that's his press release. (laughs) It just says fuck. One of them's blurred out, the other one isn't. (laughs) Uh, That sounds like a win. That's a pretty good idea. That'll be what he does. Uh, I think it's going to be on Saturday. I think 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 this is all just more drumming up of, ooh, let's talk about what a fucking terrifying weather day it's going to be in New York. In other news, there's going to be this huge statue just outside the city watching it and rude people everywhere. Shocking. That's that's stupid. Um, 
here's what you should know, though. I think it's not necessarily as dumb as one might think it is because it shows that anytime someone's looking for football, there is a higher likelihood you might see a UFC connected to that. Is that dumb? I don't know. I don't think so, but I, you're obviously right. I just don't think there's any reason they would ever move the Super Bowl. I don't know. I'm not in charge of it, so. Whatever. That's my that's my big response. I just whatever. I do like it's want. fifth grade. Yeah. It's time for some thank yous, uh, aka the shout to outs. Would you like to get us started tonight, Rob? Yeah, I'll go ahead and get us started. I feel like when you say it like that, I'm supposed to be starting saying grace. Yeah. So I always out. bow my head right I'm I said about give to thanks. Start. Like, what the fuck is that? I apologize to everyone. Yeah. I don't know what to say. <laughs> if you were uh, let's, if you were tuned in, you were like, "Oh, Kevin's going to be on point professional." Well, first of all, you probably are. This is your first time at the podcast, so thanks for joining. Welcome and goodbye. <laughs> Have a good one. It was fun having you listening uh, to us. It meant more to us than it did you, but we'll yeah. talk later. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and start. Let's start with Marcus Caval. Um, Marcus, you know, uh, he was on the podcast. He was set to fight. He got injured, and it was a real big bum out. But uh, one of his team members stepped up to the plate and actually fought the guy he was supposed to fight for him, uh, Tarion Ware, who ended up, yes, getting a submission. He got a rear naked choke that put a guy to sleep, and it was spectacular. So big ups to uh, Tarion for doing that. But to Marcus, uh, we hope you recover well, and uh, we hope that you know things are good in the family because we heard, unfortunately, that Marcus had a grandmother pass. So... Just kind of a bum out week for him, so send him good vibes. He's normally a dick of a human being, but not this week, so send some love to Marcus Koval. Also, big ups to Dimitri. That was so cool to watch a friend pick up a submission victory like that. You know, we we have a lot of friends on the podcast, but uh, it's something uh, – it's, it's stressful watching your friends fight. Yeah. It is – you see them in there, and you're just like – uh, I can't do anything to help you. You're Raises okay. Your blood you, pressure. you just won. All right. Okay. Oh man, and you won Ooh. with a sweet fucking Darcetine. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Dimitri, charismatic. Uh, you cannot say enough good things about you. <laughs> uh, moving on to also John Evans. Uh, I'm unfortunately not going to be at John Evans's class for a little bit, so I'm a little bummed no, out about that. Oh, me either. But super bummed. I will uh, apparently have some free time coming up in the next three weeks. More on that in the next upcoming podcasts. Uh, <laughs> let's give another big shout out to the Lovatos, plural. Mm-hmm. Kevin, did you see this? I saw the picture on Facebook that the whole fam's kicking ass today. Not only did uh, Rafael Lovato Jr. Uh, take silver, and I a believe the super heavy division. Too. Yep, one of the good friends of the podcast. But his father also took gold in his division. Rafael Lovato Sr. doing big things. Like, that's just a fucking great inspirational tale and one that you're so happy to hear that they both got to to stand on a podium. So big props to them. We're in matching uh, geese, too, which was awesome. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. the best. It was a great photo. Yeah, it really, it really was. It was a heartwarming jiu-jitsu photo. It was like, oh. I just... Uh, I immediately yeah. called my dad and was like, what the fuck's your problem? <laughs> Where uh, have you been? Where's your gi, old man? 
Uh, next up, let's give a shout out to Matt Kirtley of the ACOpian uh, podcast and ACOpian.com. They're doing big things, guys. Help them get through the last part of their fundraiser on their Indiegogo. You can find out more information on our website at verbaltapcast.com. But they're doing such great things. I've watched even more of the reverse Omoplata shit and woo. Just such cool stuff that I want to see more of, and I think you guys do too. So look more into it. Donate to their cause. It's so good. Um, while we're on that, uh, speaking of good things, I want to give a big shout-out to my buddy Octavio. Octavio, not only a beast at VMAC. V-M-A-S-E-E. I'm not sure you spelled that right it's not like you put an s in there but yes valley martial arts center uh octavio came and was my cameraman for rfa this weekend and was an awesome cameraman at that so big ups to him as well as valley martial arts center such good training there as always please go visit if you get the chance uh best in town you won't find anything better than it out here in north hollywood and final shout out goes out to the good people of, of reddit and we talked a little bit about this earlier for bjj training journals uh, version of my blog or whatever I guess I'm doing, but sure. <laughs> oh my god, these people exploded. Do you know, Kevin, how weird it is to see your face up top the BJJ section of Reddit? I know how weird it is to you see your face my top face. <laughs> the BJJ Reddit. And at some point, I thought that it was just a joke. Like clearly, all these people. Uh, colluded to just pull a fast one on me. Collusion. But the, the, pop, <laughs> the fast and nice response that was from everybody on there. That article got about a hundred some odd comments from people who were just saying, "Hey, this is great. Uh, I love this. Uh, you're doing good stuff." And that is on completely unexpected. So we will definitely be doing more, and we hope that you guys will come back and check us out uh, for more of those installments coming up. BJJ Finder, the world's premier jiu-jitsu school locator. Please check out BJJFinder.com or download the app on iTunes. Keep you connected to the schools near you for all of your training needs. BJJ and MMA Academy out there in Chantilly, Virginia, offering new beginners courses. So essentially, Andrew has started a beginners program from 6.45 to 7.15, pretty much every night of the week. He's training beginners in basic techniques. It's actually extended 6.45 to 7.30 for the next four months for uh, nice. to encourage new people. So he's essentially going over foundational movement. Getting you trained up, um, coming up with a plan to make sure that you're prepared to to transition into rolling. So it's uh, really cool stuff. No concept cool. jujitsu out in Maryland, absolutely holding it down as always. Uh, check out some of our friends also if you get the chance. Open Mat Radio with uh, yeah. the very. <laughs> That's always fun. <laughs> I thought you might give it a meh. That's going to do it for me, Raph. Uh, I'm ready to close this uh, this VT production down. This has been Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night, and you know it's hot out here for a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do realize it's much easier to get a <laughs> white people approved song in Kevin's <laughs> than it is 3-6 Mafia, but I, I will be steadfast. Uh.